1: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six
2: on 630 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 champ. All right, Jared is the winner of the golf passes. He's going to be
1: playing the ranch with a buddy. It is one nothing Boston leading Columbus. The Bees on a power play, three minutes into the third period. Boston has uh, controlled most of this game as uh, they take on the Blue Jackets, who surprised Tampa Bay in the opening round of the playoffs. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We have a couple of special guests in studio. Speaking of hockey and golf, a man who has excelled at both, Robin Brownlee. He's got a Rod Phillips Hall of Fame golf tour
3: windbreaker on. excelling at I do not you have not you've played with me you know better well you're better than I am (laughs) so that counts for something set the bar higher son
1: (laughs) (laughs) and Murray Sorok is here in the studio as well from the Jasper Place Wellness Center Murray great to see you great to be back Reed. all right well I appreciate you guys coming in Uh, hockey helps the homeless I know we had a great chat uh, last year and it's uh, how long has this been uh, touching base in Edmonton now it's been
3: quite a while this is the 6th edition I want to say yeah. of it in Edmonton you know it's right across the country and some cities have had it much longer than that but we're going into our sixth year here and um it's growing and uh we hope it keeps uh, trending that way all right so what are
1: some of the key dates coming up here may 2nd that's uh, heck that's in a week what's going on with ron lowe
3: uh well ron is our ambassador ron and linda lowe And, I mean, they've done a terrific job uh, from top to bottom. Ron's going to hold a little, uh, we're going to have an off-site event, uh, a hot stove with Ron Lowe. Uh, May have some other guests there at uh, uh, May 2nd Polar Park Brewery in Old Strathcona. A uh, bunch of young guys got together. Uh, you do, do you know the Omean family? You remember the old Polar Park in Edmonton, or does that predate you? That, I, that, this is named Robin. after that. It was an actual. <laughs> it was an actual park with a, with animals in it. Uh, this is a group. Robert Omean uh, uh, is involved in it. Uh, Wolf Brooks from United. Um, uh, I think he. I think Andrew Ference is involved too. Uh, Brewery opening up. Uh, we're gonna have Ron Lowe there as a fundraiser uh, twenty five bucks a ticket to get in. Uh, sit around and shoot the breeze with Ron Lowe. be a silent auction. a chance just to you know sit down and have an evening with a guy who's very popular in this town. Uh, Everybody in this town loves Ronnie. And, uh, you know, that's one of the events leading up to uh, the main events, which are the draft and reception night on May 9th uh, at the Rec Room South and then the tournament itself at the Terwilliger Rec Center uh, on the 10th. Awesome stuff.
1: Uh, Ron Lowe, in, incredible. I've interviewed him several times. He joined Rob Brown and I, I think, four times this year on the Face-Off show in Studio <laughs> 99. The man can tell a story. And now uh, you said everybody everybody loves him. Did you have that relationship when you were covering the team and he was the
3: coach, Robin? Absolutely. You know what? I, uh, I got along with, with Ron royally. Um, and, and uh, you know, uh, Tommy McVeigh uh was a scout at the time. He's been in hockey forever. Uh he said something that that pretty much sums it all up, uh talking about Ron Lowe one night. He said if you can't get along with Ron Lowe, chances are you're the Blank. Yeah, you're the problem, so to speak. <laughs> and no, Ronnie was terrific. He had he had a bunch of those not overly skilled at times, but try hard teams behind the bench for that upset in Dallas yep. in the playoffs. At Todd Marchant, players loved Ron Lowe back then. Uh, he was seen as a meat and potatoes guy. He's a straight shooter, and uh, the reaction to Ron. Everywhere he goes is fine. And he was a guy who, back in the days when there wasn't a cl- as clear a delineation between media and coaches, would uh, we'd occasionally run into him in the city we were in uh, when we weren't at the rink, and uh, there w- fun was had by all.
1: And uh, I don't know him nearly as well as you do, but talking about those upsets and some of those teams, I-, I don't think he will ever take credit for any of it. You know, but clearly, I mean, like you said, the, the players rallied for him. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he will never say it was him. I mean, he would just say, well, I told Cujo to go play goal, and we won. Like, but but it, I mean, clearly, he had a huge impact on those
3: teams. Always about the players to throw on, whether it was here uh, and his time in New York. I wondered how he'd hold up in New York with that scrutiny, because he was honest. He wore his heart on his sleeve. Uh, if you asked a dumb question, he'd let you know it was dumb, but... Uh, in a scrum, whether you were live or not, mm-hmm. and uh, but he'd give you an honest answer, and and the players uh, uh, enjoyed playing for a guy who was honest, consistent in his expectations, and the sense that, and it's a bit of a cliche, but Ron Lowe always had the players' backs. Yes, he was the coach, which meant he was the boss. But he never uh, threw them under the bus, to use the popular term now. Uh, If you didn't like how you played, he'd say it, but... he protected his players, and they played hard for him. Yeah, yeah, and
1: he'd give you a chance to play better the next game. Absolutely. Usually, right? He'd tell you what you needed to do. All right, well, that's going to be awesome having uh, him as, uh, in, and obviously he is, you know, him and Linda are, are uh, heavily involved in this. Hockey helps the homeless. Murray, Murray, you're in from the Jasper Place Wellness Center. i I got to ask you this question, and, and, and speaking of, <laughs> as Robin said, it might sound like a, a stupid question, but I think it's an important question. Okay. People will see, okay, Murray's here representing the Jasper Place Wellness. Centre, what is, I mean, people will know that that's something trying to help people and wellness is important, but, uh, you know, if somebody said to me, well, ex- explain exactly what they do, I, I might struggle a little bit. So take us take us into the Jasper Place Wellness Centre. Tell us about your mission and how you're helping people.
0: Yeah, sure. Jasper Place Wellness Centre is a really a holistic approach to uh, vulnerable people in our city and, and helping vulnerable people. Uh, We have many facets, so uh, one of our biggest focuses is uh, affordable housing, building housing for people that uh, need uh, a different type of housing, a supported type of housing. So we're involved in that. We're currently in the process of building 36 units of uh, permit-supported housing, along with the 30 that we already have. We also run a Housing First team. We've housed probably about 1,300 people through that program in the last 10 years. Edmonton is a real world leader on preventing and ending chronic homelessness. We also have a medical clinic which is really important too for vulnerable people uh, with complex health care needs uh, we have two doctors working for us and it's a really been we've been doing that only for about 18 months and it's really interesting to watch that grow and the need for uh, healthcare, different type of healthcare. Our doctors will spend 30, 40 minutes with a a client on many issues, not just that one issue that a lot lot of uh, healthcare is focused around. Uh, And then employment, we do uh, uh, social purpose businesses. So we have, I think, six social purpose businesses. We're Alberta's largest mattress recycler. We run a junk removal company. We have a furniture store. We have a construction company, a renovation company, a development company, are all about employing vulnerable people and you know we've blown up the 8 uh, 8 hour 40 day or four, 40 hour work week or the 8 hour 5 day work week we have people that they can't work those hours so they'll come in and recycle mattresses for 3 hours 3 times a day a week or maybe they'll come in 8 hours 2 times a week and it's really interesting to watch people come and go Half, well, about a third of our workforce are newcomers to Canada we have uh, uh, youth about 30% of our employees are youth about 40% are just vulnerable men and women that maybe have experienced chronic homelessness, maybe have some mental health issues, some addiction issues. And, you know, we have an incentive program with mattresses. We have people making $45,000 a year recycling mattresses. Wow. And then we have a food program. Uh, So our food program is really... Trying to de- develop a preventive model around food security, we have food charity, you know, at that far end of the spectrum where food security is really important. Emergency food services like food banks, but what people really uh, need is a preventive model, so they don't actually enter into that food bank need. And learning how to cook, learning how to grow food, learning how to prepare food, it's really important. So we're really focused on youth, on teaching youth how to cook. And one of our favorite programs is going to the Boys and Girls Club and teaching kids how to cook, and. They're Going home and teaching their parents how to. That's cook. awesome. And then we sort of round it all out with education. So we have those five pillars, those five divisions. Uh, education is really important. We provide a lot of educational programming as well. And for us, that's a real holistic way to uh, work in a community, to do community development. So it's, you know, that's that healthcare piece, the housing piece, the employment piece, the education piece, and the food security piece. That's incredible.
1: I, I want to ask you this too. When it comes to homelessness, what's a, a big misconception, or, or the big misconception that the, the you know the general community might have about homelessness, about homeless people, that. You'd like to say hold on you need to stop looking at homelessness and homeless people that way.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of common misconceptions around homelessness. I think we most of us are focused on that really immediate uh, person that's maybe pushing a shopping cart and that's way overblown. Uh, you know, there's a big problem in our city around hidden homelessness. There's thousands of people that are sleeping on somebody's couch, they're on the basement and so, in the basement of somebody's home. They don't have a home and they're moving from couch to couch to couch they may be fully employed, they may be going to school, they may be youth, they may be seniors. There's a, we work with a lot of seniors that are experiencing homelessness. Um, You could have a full-time job and be living in your car just because that job maybe isn't providing enough income for you. Or maybe you don't have that credit check or that reference check that you need with landlords. So it's very difficult and right, down to the core, there's not enough affordable housing in Edmonton. The city of Edmonton has said that we need 25,000 units of affordable housing. So, those are some of the misconceptions I think that people are dealing with.
1: Well, a great opportunity for people to help here through Hockey Helps the Homeless. We're going to let people know how they can do that, who's going to be playing some, some pretty big, I mean, Strudwick and Brown, I think. Yeah, there. are so, and And some we'll let no, people know who some of the lesser lights are as well when we get back <laughs> inside sports on 630 chat. <laughs>
0: This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.
1: Columbus has scored twice. They now lead Boston 2-1, halfway through the third period in game one of that series. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Reed Wilkins joined by Robin Brownlee and Murray Soraka from Hockey Helps the Homeless. Murray also with the Jasper Place Wellness Center. I don't know what other title to give. Robin, all-around good guy, sports reporter, Amaretus. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's better than I sometimes hear, so thank you.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, Hockey Helps the Homeless, just looking at this roster, Glenn Anderson, Ethan Morrow, Jason Strudwick, Chris Joseph, George Larac, Larry Melnick, Sean Bell, Dennis Polonich, Rafi Torres, Louis DeBras. Louis is going to find time to play? That's amazing. Mark Fistrick, yep. uh, Craig Muni. Joaquin Gage, Matt Cassian, Dean McCammon, uh, Dave Pelche is going to get out there. Ian Herbers, who I would not go into a corner with him, even though he's he's more coach than player player. <laughs> he's just like, Robin, when you shake hands with Ian Herbers, do you find most of your arm just disappears?
3: <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got, there's a few, there's a couple of guys like that. But yeah, he's one, he's one of them for sure.
1: And uh, Nichols is coming? Bernie Nichols is coming. Yeah. Okay, so if people want to get on the ice here and 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 check this out, give us give us the nuts and bolts here, Robin.
3: Well, the tournament itself is is at the Terwilliger Rec Center uh, all day on May tenth. Uh, anybody can just drop by uh, and come and watch the games. It doesn't cost you anything to go in. Tons of uh, there's tons of uh, auction items there. Basically, hockey nonstop. Um, as far as getting involved the one thing that we're looking at now now that we're in this pocket of days ahead of the tournament you know obviously donations that help us do our work are important and that you know people can go uh to the hockey helps the homeless website to the edmonton event and donate uh directly um You know, they can donate uh, directly to the Mustard Seed or to the Jasper Place Wellness Centre as well, you know, uh, if that's what's easier for them. Uh, The other thing we're looking at now, Reid, one of the ways to sponsor that, that we're finding was very popular last year. Uh, pennant sponsorships, they're called. Uh, They're a thousand dollars each, which is no small amount of money, but it's the perfect way to get in, whether it's for your uh, man or woman cave at home, uh, or you go, you own a small business. It's a pennant. If you've got a company that takes your company logo that you're a sponsor of Hockey Helps the Homeless, you get that. You get it signed by the pros and sent to you. Uh, it's a terrific gift. Everybody I've talked to that got them last year, and there's been a few that I have talked to, really happy with Because if you're a sports guy, hey, it's wonderful to, to donate, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't... We're happy to have that at any time, but if you're donating, you're going to get a, a keepsake back like that. Um, that's an easy way to get in, if if uh, uh, that's what you'd like to do. A lot of our sponsorships, thankfully, are covered. The response from the people who've supported us in the past has been very good, uh, despite the economy. Uh, you know, there's always room for more, but uh, those are some of the the ways. Go out to Go out to Polar Park and and have a chat with Ronnie Lowe and listen to him tell stories. You won't meet a better guy at it. So those are some ways that people can get involved and be a part of it. Now and of course come out on the day of the event and yeah. just cheer the cheer the guys on.
1: Murray, what does it mean just to have so many uh, former NHL players, uh, you know, involved? What is what does Hockey Helps Homeless mean to, to the Jets' replacement Wellness Center?
0: You know, it means so much. Ron and Linda have actually. Pretty much brought this event to Edmonton and uh, worked with us from the very beginning and it, you know they've have been tireless in their efforts to go out and recruit players and recruit companies I mean they're, they're at all our meetings and they're constantly working at it. it just means so much to us and to the mustard seed who also mm-hmm. is a beneficiary and you know last year we put some of the proceeds towards our affordable housing and again we'll do that again this year so actually this will take people off the streets. Permanently. This isn't transitional housing. This isn't part-time housing. When you move into this place, you can live there the rest of your life if you want to. And that is how we're really going to end homelessness in Edmonton.
1: Yeah, and, y- and you were saying that you know I know the number is still
0: higher than you'd like it to be but there has been progress in terms of the homeless census that's done yeah exactly so uh, Edmonton has uh, been uh, running a, h- a homeless uh, housing first program for uh, 10 years we have just entered our 11th year how 7,000 people through that program the Jasper Place Wellness Centre is housed about 1,300 people through that and in, in about 2008 I think the homeless count was close to 4,000 people it's under 1,500 people there'll be an another count we do biannual counts will be another one again this year and the city of Edmonton is is a, a nation leader we are one of the top cities in in Canada at our program of ending homelessness and we're just really proud to be a part of that and you know Edmonton uh, also has a end poverty program uh, they want to end poverty in a generation and that's going to keep people from cycling into homelessness long term if we can keep uh, young families and children from and and, and them cycling into homelessness Uh, they'll have a better chance for the future so I think Edmonton is you know a really great place to live that has these plans to end homelessness and end poverty.
3: Uh, Reid one thing I want to say too before we go Uh, we are so grateful for uh, the professionals Uh, the Euler alumni make up a large group of our players Uh, they come out uh, most teams have two alumni members on them they make it a great experience for the hockey fans. The teams we we've been sold out of teams for weeks and weeks right. and weeks. That and, and that's a reflection on the uh, how much fun they have and how peop, strongly people feel about the cause. But the pros come. They tell stories. They sit in the room. They don't rush out of there. You talk to the players. They really enjoy it one another way uh, you asked this earlier people can get involved if you go to the hockey helps the homeless website and you check out the Edmonton tournament it will show you the teams that are involved and we've got some great teams who come back year after year we've added some teams this year and I'd like to mention a couple because they're well-known and they're great citizens in this community we've got uh, Dr. Brent Sake and the group from the world's longest hockey game who've raised millions of dollars out on his acreage. They've entered a team. I don't know if he's picked an all-star squad from that crew or not, but a bunch of those guys. River Creek Sports that runs, you know, a, a big beer league or senior hockey league. out. They've come out and been uh, very generous. But you can go to this page and you can find by name, if you know a player uh, or a friend or a co-worker who says, yeah, I'm playing hockey helps the homeless. You can go to that page, donate. The top teams get first pick in the draft of the right. alumni. And so you know, a guy like Struddy, He went like fourth or fifth last year because it's not the best player. It's the guys who have a good time with everybody and tell the best stories. And Strutty is an all-star when it comes to that. So go to the website, find your player or find a team, uh, donate to that player. That's another way to help out if you want to be a part of this. And again, come out and cheer everybody on on tournament day. Um, It's a lot of fun.
1: Okay, so uh, Hockey Helps the Homeless, give it a Google, go to the Edmonton event, so May 2nd, Ron Lowe, the hot stove at Polar Park. And then May 10th, they're on the ice at Terwilliger.
3: Yes, they are. All Robin, day.
1: Robin, Murray, thank you so much for coming in. All the best. Thanks thank for having us. Time. Inside Sports on 630 Chad.
3: You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins
2: on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Here comes DuBois, through the center circle. Back into the Bruins end, give the to Panarin, he shoots and scores! And Timmy Panarin buries it, and the Blue Jackets take a two to one lead. Oh, bake me a big loaf, bread man.
1: 26 to 15, the shot's on goal. Blue Jackets force a turnover, inside the Bruins' blue line. And uh, on his knees as he fell down was Riley Nash, got it to Jenner behind the net, off the boards. Here's Seth Jones, puts it
2: in front, and there's a score! Standing between the circles, redirecting that shot was Riley Nash. And the Blue Jackets are on the board. They have just tied this game at one goal apiece. Take that and rewind it
1: back. All right, well, Boston, though, coming back with another one. So it's 2-2, Boston-Columbus. Two minutes left in the third period of game one. Indeed, that was Bob McKelligot from the Blue Jackets radio network, Bake me. A big loaf bread man. I'm not sure if Cam Moon from the Red Deer Rebels broadcast booth has any go-to sayings like that or not. Hello, Cam.
2: Hey, how's it going? Doing great. <laughs> Good.
1: Uh, yeah, have you ever pulled out the uh, bake me a big loaf after a goal was scored?
2: No, I uh, I, I stay away from baking references. <laughs> probably... I don't think those are in my best interest. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's uh yeah. well and you've never had a Panarin on your team or a or a Wonder. I guess if you had uh, like a guy whose last name was Wonder, you could make some Wonder Bread references. I don't know.
2: Uh, I guess, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. That's one way to go. <laughs> Thanks for checking in, buddy.
1: Uh really appreciate it. You've uh, you've been a gem updating us on the on the Western Hockey League playoffs. Uh, throughout, really, and, and, it, and it's good for me because of the start times of the Oil Kings games. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get to actually go to the games because of my show, and yeah. uh, you've been seeing a lot of Oil Kings games, and man, they are right in there against the Mighty Raiders, camp 2-2 after two.
2: I will give them full credit, and I, I've been lucky enough. I watched both games online from PA, and then I was at both games Tuesday and Wednesday in Edmonton, and the Oil Kings full marks, because I thought they have played incredibly well and fully deserving to get it to to 2-2. The the first game, if Ian Scott, the goaltender from the Prince Albert Raiders and Toronto Maple Leaf draft pick, if he's not all-world, the Oil Kings could have won that game. Then the Oil Kings win game two, although I thought Dylan Miskew was quite good in goal for the Oil Kings that night. Game three, the Oil Kings rolled up the Raiders. Raiders looked a little flat. Raiders came back hard last night, played a pretty strong game. Didn't give the Oil Kings much. Five on five, the Oil Kings didn't get a lot of opportunity. And when they did, they were just one and duns. And uh, they landed up losing 2-1 last night, but a close game. But, so we know this thing's going six. So they'll go Friday in Prince Albert. They'll play Sunday afternoon back in Edmonton. And they're right in it. And I know two of the next three are in Prince Albert, but the Oil Kings have played very well there. So they've got a shot. They've they they've been really good so far in this series.
1: Obviously in the NHL we talk a lot about the speed, the the tempo of the game. The the good teams usually have two, three, four defensemen who are good with the puck and can get involved and almost attack like a like a fourth forward yet who are still quick enough to, to get back and, and play defense. You know, I think of a couple of players on, on Dallas, Klingberg and on Heiskinen who are great examples of that are we seeing that trend in in the western hockey league i'll ask first of all in general and then maybe you can tie that into uh specifically how the Well kings and raiders are playing
2: well we we do see the teams that have the more mobile defense that can add to the mix offensively definitely there's an advantage there for sure and in the, you know, the Oil Kings, they, I, I like their defense as a whole in that, in their own end, they've got guys that can make a good pass or skate it out of trouble. And as a result, more often than not, the Oil Kings don't spend a lot of time in their own zone. And it, that gives you such a great advantage. The Prince Albert Raiders have an older, big, strong D that uh, can really make you pay a price and do a pretty good job of keeping a lot of stuff to the outside to get those inside chances. You, you're going to have to pay a price, and you've got to work hard to do it. So both teams, you know, from the back end, is pretty strong. So, yeah, we are seeing it. I, I, at the Western League level, though, if you've got an older club with some talent, you're going to be able to impose your will on teams that are younger, or, or or don't have, you know, that same level of talent. The, the drop-off from the top to the bottom is so much more pronounced than the National Hockey League. And we've seen it in the playoffs here because, the, you know, a bunch of lower seeds have won. We don't see that in the WHL very often. In fact, it's incredibly rare that uh, low seeds that just barely make the playoffs make any kind of run at all. Maybe a round, but beyond that, it rarely, if ever, happens. So... Uh, the good teams, you know, you look at it right now with the four teams that are left in the WHL. Edmonton was first in their division, PA was first in the entire league, Vancouver is first in their division, and Spokane was second in theirs. So it's uh, there's no Cinderella doesn't live in the WHL.
1: And Vancouver up three-one on Spokane on the other side of the draw. And we talked about them when you were on a couple weeks ago about Bowen and Byram uh, out of the Vancouver Giants uh, likely to be the first. Well. I don't think I'm going way off. The like likely to be the first defenseman taken yeah. in the draft in June. Likely third overall.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, you're not going out on a limb there. Okay, yeah, I would say he's got a great chance, and he's been very good in the playoffs. And his ability to jump into the play, to make a smart play, strong on the puck, uh, sees everything. He's just. He is a tremendous talent. And, and you know, I, I, when he goes to whichever NHL camp he goes to in the fall, he'll have himself a pretty good opportunity of, to stick around. I'm sure he'll play some exhibition games at the very least. Uh, probably play a few regular season games and then see where he is from there, depending on where he goes and the depth in that organization. But uh, yeah, he's, a, he's a top end player. I'm a little surprised that it's 3 1 Vancouver. I, I would have thought 2-2 two, two after 4, but I, and I guess the last game went to overtime, so yeah. flip a coin. And Spokane had a 2-0 lead after 40. Second time in the series that Spokane's had a 2-0 lead after 40, and they lost. So Vancouver's done a good job of, of coming back in some third periods and, and pulling the rug from out under the Spokane Chiefs.
1: Well... It's been great seeing what the Oil Kings have been doing, and, and hopefully they're able to, to steal, uh, you know, one of these two in Prince Albert and, and defend home ice on Game Six, and they'd be off to the League Final. And the NHL just completely wild first round, so many, so many storylines. And well, I'm gonna just ask you about this guy for a, a WHL alum. Uh, you know, Martin Jones, like he was supposed to be. The, the weak spot that was going to kill San Jose, they don't they don't win three in a row at the end of the series without him.
2: No, he turned it around, didn't he? Because early in that series, it, you hear a lot of talk, well, the goaltending's not good enough with the, the San Jose Sharks, and good for him, he turned it around. Former Calgary hitman, a uh, guy that I don't believe he got drafted. I think he got just signed out of the WHL and has worked his way up to the National Hockey League and has worked his way into a, a position where he's a number one guy uh, after starting with the Los Angeles Kings, I believe. He, uh, he's been a, quite a story, quite a turnaround over the course of a series. It's amazing that you know, once a guy hits a hot streak as a goaltender, what it can do to a team and he's definitely done that so yeah it's just I mean this whole first round like it's crazy reed to think about it and then everybody that you know made a bracket and it's of course it's all busted to hell because that's <laughs> what everybody's is you know that's what's happened to everybody it's been an amazing first round a lot of fun and the comebacks and the the drama and all that kind of stuff i mean that's what playoffs should be so it's been great so far
1: Cam, it is always awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for the WHL update. Of course, we will talk many more times in the future, buddy. Have a great evening. All
2: right, Reed, Thanks very much.
1: That is Cam Moon, play-by-play voice for the Red Deer Rebels, joining us on Inside Sports on 630 Chat. So the Oil Kings and Raiders, 2-2 in the best of seven. Game 5 tomorrow night in PA. Columbus and Boston going to overtime,
4: tied 2-2. In- With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever.
1: In game 1, Dallas and St. Louis just about to get underway. This week 630 Chad MVP when we get back.
3: Subscribe to the Inside
2: Sports podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside
1: Sports. All right, so they're going to overtime. Columbus and Boston tied 2-2. Two minutes into the game in St. Louis. No scores. Stars and Blues. Connor McDavid, a finalist for the Ted Lindsay Award. Most Outstanding Player of the NHL is voted on by members of the PA. Kane and Kucherov, also nominated. Leon Dreisaitl will play for Germany at the World Hockey Championship. And Evan Bouchard... Oilers prospect now with the Bakersfield Condors in the AHL named defenseman of the year in the Ontario Hockey League. Ninety seven point three percent of membership in the CFL Players Association has voted to strike if need be training camps set to open on May 19th. The 630 Chet MVP up next, presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. This athlete also featured on Global News this past Tuesday. Get the video in the MVP section on 630Chet.com, and the MVP gets Under Armour Apparel, courtesy Elite Promotional Marketing. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show Shane Vegan. Shane, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for making time for us tonight. Man, uh, I, I I love doing these interviews with the 630 Chet MVP because we get such a diverse range of athletes uh, in terms of age and sports. And, man, i got to tell you, Shane, and, and you're probably sick of hearing this, but I've never interviewed somebody uh, from the Edmonton Handball Association Club. You're the president. But, you no, know, we had a team handball player on a couple of weeks ago. This is something totally different. Here's the basic question. Describe your sport, Shane.
4: (laughs) The sport is really similar to racquetball. You're in a 20-foot by 40-foot court, and we play what's called uh, four-wall handball. And you're hitting a ball against the wall against one opponent, one-on-one, or there's two-on-two, that's doubles. So there's either two or four people in the court. And basically you're hitting a ball, and the, the idea is you've got one bounce to get it back, and as soon as it bounces twice, you win the rally if the other guy can't, other person can't get it back.
1: Okay, so that's pretty so, easy to understand. Yeah. I, I, I think.
4: <laughs> I would hope. Well, you're not on a, There's no nets, right? There's no teams. Well, there's only one on one or two on two, so you're not like five on five. But uh, you're just hitting a ball against the wall, and you just want to make the other person. You want to hit it where they aren't. Pretty much. That's the whole strategy of the game. Hit the ball where they can't get it back, and uh, get the points. Okay uh describe the the makeup of the ball the ball is um pretty much if you if an adult closed your thumb and your forefinger together it's probably a bit bigger than that it's a bit of a again it's kind of a cross between a a, again a racquetball and a squash ball it's a bit harder um you want uh, a bit of weight behind it so you're not um you're not hitting something soft it's better for your arm if you hit a ball it's a little bit harder um, it's got good bounce to it. Um, you can use like any wall you want, ceilings, everything's in play, um, as long as it doesn't hit the front the floor first. And yeah, you progress. The the juniors will use a pretty much similar to a racquetball, really softball. Then you go to the white ace, then the red ace, and there's different names for these balls. But basically, you build up to the adult ball, and that's what you use. And it's uh, it's the you know faster, harder, and you get the best games out of it. Okay. So. Uh,
1: and do you wear anything on your hands?
4: Yes. Um, you wear what's similar to a baseball batting glove. It's kind of a light leather. Um, the reason is to keep the sweat off the ball. I wear the glove and I wear it like kind of a cotton liner underneath for a little bit of padding because it, it can make the hands a bit sore sometimes. So basically you're not wearing too much. and even um, there is different versions of handball, like one wall handballs outside. It's just a, a ball and a wall. There's no side walls, no ceiling or anything. And a lot of those guys will use the bigger ball with just bare hands completely. But with this ball, the the that we use, um, it's indoors, and you want a little bit of padding sometimes. So, and again, the sweat, you want to keep that off the ball too. Okay. Otherwise, it it starts sliding around the court, um, doesn't give a true bounce. Then you got to stop and you know wipe the ball off or whatever.
1: Okay. How did you get involved in this in, in this sport? I mean, obviously, I hope you don't take this as, like as an insult. I mean, I think it like it's a non-traditional game. It's not played as much in Canada as other sports, I would think, or or am I wrong there?
4: No, it's not. It's got, there's always pockets of places that it's popular at. Like, I'd say right now um, there's a huge, uh, a great group of juniors in Nova Scotia. right? They've just had luck with their program. They've had the right coaches and parents together. And No, it's not insulting. It, it, we do have smaller numbers here and there, but it does ebb and flow kind of. Um, and that's fine. But I got into it because my best friend would take off on Saturdays, and he'd go to Sherwood Park uh, to the Glen Island Rec Center, and there was a, a handball program there. And I don't remember how he got into it, but I kept saying, what is this? And he'd explain it and say, well, what is it? You know, like, same like you're asking me now. And I'd say, okay. He said, just come try it, right? And I did. And it was interesting. You know, I was like, this is, I've never, you know, I've never had to develop the other side, like the left hand, right? It's always been right-handed sports you play, like you throw and all that stuff. And I just stuck with it. And within a month and a half... Um, I was with my best friend playing. I liked that. And I was doing pretty well against some more experienced players. I liked that as well. And it was just totally new to me. And nobody else played, and I thought that was awesome. None of my friends played or knew knew about it. So I just stuck with it and just started loving it more and more.
1: Well, Shane, that's incredible. Congratulations on being this week's 630 Chet MVP. Uh, I'm I'm sorry we're running out of time here. We're into the final minute of the show. But Mm -hmm. what is is next for you? Any uh, big events or or big things coming up with the uh, Handball Association?
4: The m Association, we are, uh, there's a, uh, only a small number of us but going to the Nationals in Montreal in May in about three or four weeks. So that's exciting to me. And I've also partnered up with one of those juniors uh, named Alex Carew from Nova Scotia. He's only 18, but he's really good. So I'm pretty excited having someone to play with like that. He's an up-and-comer. He's going to be great to play with. So hopefully he'll have some success.
1: Shane, keep in touch and let us know how you're doing, okay? Awesome interview. For sure. Thank you. That is Shane Vegan, this week's 6.30 Shed MVP, presented by Elite Promotional Marketing, four-wall handball. Cool stuff. Great to have Shane on the show. Okay, we're winding her down a minute into overtime. Columbus and Boston tied 2-2. Thanks to Dave Campbell. He is the producer of Inside Sports here on 6.30 Shed, the studio operator this evening, the one and only Kellen Kennedy. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 6.00.